0: It's the Fake Spike Podcast, episode 73, Report Card Part 2, the players. What's going on, Vort? Not
1: much. I was looking forward to it. It was nice to do the off-field personnel and kind of break it up into two podcasts. Once again, Mac comes through with a brilliant idea. <laughs> Me? I don't have a brilliant idea. So, But I just figured um, as far as the players go, obviously we have to rate our quarterback. Outside of that, I thought maybe we can discuss a couple of the rookies on offense and free agents. I'll give you full disclosure as far as the defense goes this year. I'm ashamed to admit it, but I'll be honest. uh, With work, with COVID, with kids, um, not too many names that I followed uh, outside of the kid uh, hall, the cornerback that you put me onto. So as far as the defensive report card, I kind of want to just listen and hear the feedback you have, the, the players that left an impression on you and offensively i'd love to cover the rookies and the free agents
0: okay well we don't have to do the quarterback we did him at the end of the last podcast so it will oh, be that's right. that's yeah, yeah so it was coaches and wilson and now we get to the position players i i can sum up the defense for you mosley great second half of the year <laughs> uh secondary slightly better than expected in some in some points uh defensive line you, worse than expected
1: what would you grade mostly? Because that's uh now that you're at least giving me some names, uh, as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, I definitely heard his name. I saw him uh, making plays. He's a name that really was on a announcers' lips a lot. So that's a guy that I can talk about. So
0: I'm obviously curious. How yeah, the funny thing is, season? is yeah, the funny thing is that I, I was so. I don't want to say pissed off, but I had given up on Mosley early in the year when he wasn't playing well. He had guys run over him, he missed a few tackles. But I, some guys, you know, other guys were talking about how great he was in the second half. I went and looked up his stats. He had double digit tackles just about every game. Uh, yeah. So Mosley had a huge second half and. So I, 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 you know, I have to go with the same type of thing as I did with with the coaches. I mean, I, I start. He started out slow, came around late in the year when a lot of other guys did. So I'll, I'm going to give Mosley a B. You know, I maybe you could talk me into a B plus, but when you factor in how much uh, you know how how good he was in the second half and you know how, how much his leadership probably helped and you know but you take away for the bad first half of the year and, and the contract and the fact that he's overpaid you know for his position blah 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 so i'm gonna go with a b what about yourself
1: i'm gonna abstain from giving him a grade just because again not enough mental data for me to refer to but based on what you said I take away a lot of positivity because for a veteran who's getting paid, who is uh, shining towards the second half of the season, obviously, I would assume, feels frustrated. The older you get, the more you want to be on a team that competes for at least a chance to the playoffs. So for him to shine instead of shutting it down in the second half of the season (coughs) and actually perform better as he got more comfortable with the scheme, to me, speaks highly of him. As a potential example as a potential leader to the younger guys so for that for that reason alone i can kind of go along and agree with your grade so that's that's kind of my two cents mostly on the fact that his stats in the second half looked better than they did at the start of the season just when the jets playoff hopes were disappearing
0: (laughs) yeah you mean in week two yeah i get it yeah (laughs) well Let's let's give the defensive coordinator a grade. I mean, we'll give all the offensive guys. Uh, I'm going to give the guy a solid D minus or an F plus. I mean, he—I don't think the defensive coordinator had a lot to pl- had a lot to work with. But it didn't seem to me that he made the adjustments to even bother, you know, to even to even do anything with what he had. I mean, that that was the one guy like throughout the entire year. You're like, Jesus Christ, what the hell is this guy doing? What is he thinking? So I'm—I I can't give that guy a passing grade. I'm just going to give him a flat out F. friggin. <laughs>
1: I am. I'm stunned. Um, really, I see him as a C, the Maybe defensive C coordinator.
0: Might. Yeah, I just want to make C sure you, you. Yeah, I just want to make sure you got the right guy. He's the guy who runs the defense. You're sure you right. got this both right the defensive now. plays. Uh,
1: <laughs> I mean, I almost. Well, you tell me how you feel about my logic, but I almost feel okay. bad grading the guy, considering what he had to work with this season, the injuries, the the lack of experience the lack of playmakers it was it was tough it was almost you and me talked about it uh, the effort was there but sometimes you can just see it the guys were just being outplayed it wasn't that they were being out they were just being manhandled because they were they didn't have physically what it took to compete against the very best that they were facing so i kind of feel bad for the defensive coordinator you can call the perfect play but if you put me one-on-one against a young kid who is five foot tall and I'm, I'm being six, 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 seven, chances are I can at least get my jumper off without being blocked, talking in basketball terms. So in football terms, you can coach the guy up. You can put him in the right position. You can call the right place. But sometimes they call it in sports, the better player will just go make a play. You can be covered like a wet blanket. You'll go up and you'll make that catch. So I feel the Jets completely lacked the playmaker. And they certainly lack him in the key positions that matter in today's NFL. An edge rusher who can put consistent pressure on the quarterback. And a cornerback that, if not a shutdown corner in today's NFL. At least a guy who can logically stay and compete with the number one receiver. So... That being said, yeah, we, we got we got humiliated. We got beat down on a couple of games. <clears throat> I also have to take into account there was a stretch and I'm sorry, that I know it's kind of a long tangent, but this is the last part that I wanted to say. There was parts when the offense struggled so much that the defense was constantly on the field. It was three and out. It was three and out. It was turnovers. It was bad field position. It was hard for them to gain any momentum when they got the defensive stops. Where I knocked the defenses there was a very noticeable lack of turnovers and a lack of pressure on the quarterback which which matters but the lack of talent that the coordinator had to work with was just something i can't overlook and that's the end of my rant on this
0: i agree to an extent he didn't have a lot to work with you know that there's a lot of injuries there's a, a ton of inexperience but I, I I just can't get on board with how many times now. If if the defense looked that terrible all year long, every minute of the day, like if like if you and me got a group of our friends together and went and played in an NFL game, we would we would look like that. 60 minutes per game, 17 games for the year. We would, right. we would never look good. We would never get it together. We don't have enough talent. We don't have enough, you know, we're old. There's a million reasons why if, if we, in our exact position now, we got on that field, we would never look really good. The Jets' defense looked really good for some stretches, like, you know, full games like it did against Cincinnati for the most part, some really nice stretches in other games. So I, I agree that there was a lot of talent missing and there was a lot of inexperience there, but – If you're capable of having it look good at times, there's things you can do to adjust and look at what the other team's doing and and use your personnel right now. They they may suck, they may be like seriously undermanned as far as talent goes, but they're still NFL caliber athletes. And I think if you get them to play a certain a certain scheme, a certain whatever. There were just way too many big, huge, gouging plays. I mean, full games of it, like like the indie game and uh, you know, like the Eagles and and Buffalo, where they, they they just scored every time they had the ball. The Patriots that one game. I mean, if you're talking four or five games where they where teams went out and scored almost every time they had the ball. Uh, the missed tackles, which you know, listen, I know it's a lack of talent, but when you when you're a guy who who actually makes it to an NFL team and is missing tackles, and you got six guys missing tackles on the same play. That to me goes back to coaching. You can you can make that argument on the offense as well, but I, I saw it differently on the offense. On the defense, it was just I it was just absolutely brutal all year long. If you want if you want to talk me into a a D minus instead of a instead of a flat F, then I, I could probably do that because they you know just use my own argument against me. They did look good for stretches here and there, but I I just cannot give the guy a, any kind of decent grade and give him a complete pass on on everything else because Lafleur had the same issues. Lafleur same position as him. He's a rookie. They didn't have a ton of talent. what they, what talent they did have got hurt. They had a rookie quarterback who was overwhelmed a lot at a time. So, And he managed to improve and get better as the year went on. This guy was kind of like the Sam Darnold of defensive (laughs) coordinators. He had his moments, but never improved and just kind of reached that same high and regressed most of the other time. So uh, I can can understand your logic. I just can't give him the same pass you are. You're much more gracious in this situation than I am
1: he he definitely deserves to be scrutinized my eye will be on him he's somebody that can't afford to take steps backwards because even the guys that were there they now have a year experience in his system so the defense does need to step up and have improvements next season the one thing that i find unforgivable from this season just to be fair and show you that i'm not just dying on a hill for this guy for no reason uh, the one thing that i find completely unforgivable for the defense this year was The disgraceful lack and the lack of ability and just to get off the field third third and long. And we're talking about third and 15, third and 20. Disgraceful. That was unforgivable on every level to me.
0: Yep, I, I agree, and that happened too many times—way too many times—for me to be to say, "All right, well, this guy just—you know—he he deserves a pass." If if there weren't times where that defense looked dominant, because there were times the defense looked very dominant for—you know—one game here, a, a quarter here and there, some plays, the defense looked completely dominant sometimes. And I know other teams are there to make adjustments, but I, I just cannot give a pass when. When he can't get the team to, to at least get to a certain level and stay there. I just, I just can't. I think the defense the defense literally cost the Jets several games this year. If the Jets had any kind of defense at all, the Jets are probably in a lot of those games.
1: I tend to lean towards agreeing with you. Just like I said, I, I openly admit your knowledge of the defense is much deeper than mine. So I actually appreciate that you dragged me along and gave me a little lesson as well. <laughs> there you go.
0: All right. So that's it for defense. How about, defense? We, take, yeah, how about we
1: take turns throwing, um, throwing the offensive name out there? We'll cover a couple of names and uh, that'll be that. Okay. Go for it. You go first. I'll start off with your favorite free agent addition. Just kidding. It was, uh, I'm talking about Corey Davis and that was the guy that I was absolutely ecstatic that we signed and I'll let you go first. All right. Corey
0: Davis, um, it's a flat out stats. I'll, I'll give him a B because he was, you know, he was okay. And he played, you know, he, he did put up numbers when he played. I'll give him a B. Um, so so I'm going to do a multi-grade here and then tie it into one. As far as um, reliability, I'm going to give him a D. He dropped a lot of passes. Then he got hurt and he didn't play. So I'm going to give him a D. When you take into consideration what they signed him to be and what he actually was, I have to give him a D with that as well. So if I take those and if I take just straight production without taking into into account what he was supposed to produce at a B and the other two tangibles at a D, then I have to give him a C minus. And and I think I'm being generous there because I I don't think he contributed all that much when he's in there. He was kind of Zach's go to guy for a for a you know, a, a good portion of the season when he was healthy, but that's about as much good as I can say about him. He did not distinguish himself as anything special. Uh, he certainly didn't get a lot of separation. He, didn't he didn't have the sticky hands we expected him to have as a, as a top possession receiver. So I am going to go C minus and, and really, you know, could have given him worse, but I'll, I'll be generous because, uh, you know, he was hurt and it was his first year in the system. I think you were very generous with your grade, and uh,
1: <laughs> as typically you were very fair. I was, uh, from day one when the signing was announced, I was a fanboy because I thought he was such a good fit for a young quarterback, for a young offense. We had a guy who was in his prime as far as the years. He's 24, 25, 26 years old, whatever that may be. He's in his physical prime. He's coming from a winning system where uh, <coughs> he was... Right around 1,000 yards. Everything was there for him to be kind of almost a a potential focal point of an offense to match up with a young quarterback, and the Jets offered him that. He comes in, and I wanted to like him. I wanted to stand up for him, and I did. But every week, with an exception of just the... He was a typical story of one step forward, three steps backwards. He didn't make contested catches. He dropped some catchable balls. He didn't make any plays that made you go, wow. I believe he had one game where he went over 100 yards. Uh, red zone, didn't really distinguish himself in the red zone. He almost looked like, if you took away the name and the contract, and you showed me that in the preseason, you and me would be like, oh, all right, there goes another undrafted kid who really couldn't shine and make a name for himself. So, And then he gets hurt and misses most of the season. Uh, the credit here goes to Joe Douglas for not giving him some ludicrous five-year guaranteed contract. The kid did nothing to earn the confidence of the fans and uh, probably of his teammates in the locker room. I'm going to go and match you with a C- and I think that's teetering on the balance of a D to a plus. But he did sh- the effort was there, I guess, just enough to intrigue us and see what he comes back with next season. But that is definitely a guy that knows that the... He's on a show it year next season. So if he doesn't shine next year, he's not getting paid again. And he's certainly going to be gone from the Jets. Um, so the incentive is there. Hopefully he turns it around, but for this season, C minus on my end.
0: All right, that's uh, that, that's fair. I, I, it sounds to me like you are more disappointed in him because of wh- how happy you were, and you're just bitter a little bit. <laughs> but the grade—I I thought you were going to go lower from the way you were speaking. So uh, I, I, I am—you know—I I am on. Obviously, I'm on board with the C minus. That's what I gave him, and I agree. agree. Wholeheartedly, that if you gave him a D, I would not argue with you. And I, I thought about giving him a D as well, but you know, production-wise, he did have a few big games, and and I have to give some credit to that. Okay, let's look at. Uh, let's go obvious here. Let's go, Michael Carter. Give me, give me your thoughts on the Jets rookie running back.
1: Oh man, this is an intriguing one. It's almost like a lot of these kids. Uh, I want to give him an incomplete. I won't. I won't. I'm not going to be the the guy riding the fan, fans. but I didn't see enough of him. When I saw him getting consistent touches, especially towards the end of the season, he certainly had a couple of moments that made me go, wow, we really got a kid who can, uh, Who, there's potential there. There's something to at least get excited about and look forward to, but that's where I find myself torn on what kind of a grade to give a guy do i give him a higher grade based on potential because i got excited on a couple of games no uh that earns him a spot in the offseason and probably uh, likely a number one spot going to training camp but for this season I'm uh, i'm right around that to me it's like this C grade is right around that incomplete mark where he showed me flashes where I'm excited. He certainly didn't do enough to put him in the B or B plus category. So I'm kind of, kind of going to slap that average C on him and uh, consider that my incomplete safe grade. Wow.
0: All right. I I would have thought, I, I know as the year went on, you really got high on him. So I'm a little surprised by this. I'll be honest with you, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the guy. I think, I, I have to again. I have to look at it from all angles, right? The Jets have the three or four running backs, so he wasn't the main guy. Uh, I have to look at it in the confines of the position and and the offense itself, which was terrible early in the year. When he did get the chance, he shined almost almost every time. I mean, there wasn't too many games where where he was the guy and didn't do something. You know, maybe one two games, but and then he got hurt. You know, so so there was that t- you know there was that little bit of time you missed. But within the confines of what can be expected from a guy who's one of four, who is a rookie, who is on a bad offense, and what he showed when he got the opportunity, I have to, I have to give him a little bit better. I, no, no way he deserves an A, but I, I think he deserves a B in, 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 in the, you know, if you put it in the right context. If again, if you, look, if I do what I did with Corey Davis and look at it strictly from a statistical standpoint, I probably go a little lower. But uh, I'm going to take into account all the different things he had going against him because when Tevin Coleman was healthy, he was pretty. Much the main guy, you know. He had Ty Johnson was getting some carries. You know, whatever the case may be, Michael Carter was very rarely the main guy. And when he was a little later in the year, he produced most of the time. He, he was pretty good out of the backfield. He seems to, to be a scrappy kid who's, who's not he's not going to go down on the first contact. So I, I am going to give him a nice solid B, um, uh, somewhat incomplete as you said, but but I think he showed more and that with with an offense that is actually clicking and given the chance to be a little bit more the guy i don't know if he's ever going to be the guy but to be a little bit more of of the of the main guy i think i think you know he'll show more
1: so you kind of walked into a question that i want to pose to yeah, you but the great like b you really saw something in the guy uh, that, that really stood out at least to me that's what a b is let me ask you your opinion how come from a field of four running backs he didn't distinguish himself earlier and more often to be the guy especially again going back to the fact that we are a team that was out of the playoff race pretty early and the opportunity for young guys who the coaches see every day, the opportunity should have been there if he stood out and showed enough to the coaches.
0: So are you asking me why he didn't or, or my opinion on, on on? well, I guess it's the same thing. Okay, so here's my thing with Michael Carter. He's a rookie also, okay? And we okay. go back to this theme on every player, every coach, rookie, 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 no experience, very rarely does a Rookie running back start getting the carries immediately, especially or unless you know, especially if he's not, but unless he is, like the big, huge guy that is going to be the guy. I, I don't think the Jets drafted Michael Carter to be, you know, Ezekiel Elliott to be Derek Henry. Uh, the size, size aside, oh, oh, we're not even talking about from a size standpoint. I think Michael Carter is probably, you know, he's going to top out at a at a situational back, maybe, maybe you're three down back, um, or two two down back and you get the, the bigger guy in there for third down. He, you know, I think he is he is a solid NFL running back that will that will have a nice career, will never be super dynamic, but he'll always be reliable and he'll have flashes of being really good. So when I take it in that context, he's not going to be a star. I don't think there was any expectation that he'd be a star and that, you know, when you are a rookie on a team with a guy like Tevin Coleman, I mean, it's not like Tevin Coleman is awesome, but he's a vet. He has done it before. He's, he's had big years. He's been the, you know, the, the, the second head of a two headed running back committee for years. I don't think you automatically get handed that opportunity. So I think early in the season, they kind of, they kind of worked him in slowly. And, you know, then he got hurt. He had a couple of nice games, got hurt, came back and was the guy again. So, You know all of that in a in a shorter answer. I think he did the best with what opportunities he had and didn't necessarily have the opportunity to stand out that much. Nor I don't know if he's capable of standing out that much. You know, if if the Jets only had him and a bunch of spare parts, I don't think he would be your Derrick Henry type. Not not from a knocking guys over standpoint, but every uh, getting the ball and every down and just being out there for everything. He's going to be your your workhorse. I don't see him being that kind of guy. He's not big enough, and I don't I don't think that he had that kind of um, that kind of, uh, you know, pizzazz or, 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 uh, you know, um, I, I don't even know the word I'm looking for here, like specs or expectations, whatever you want to call it, coming out of college. So when I take all of that into account, rookie not expected to be the guy, had you know a couple of guys to distinguish himself from. The fact that he got the call late in the year and was the main guy for me. Is distinguishing himself as much as he possibly could, and I think when the fact that he took that opportunity and ran with it to a degree, no pun intended, considering he's you know he's a running back, um, I, I think he did distinguish himself it just took a while just like it took everything on the jets a while this year
1: fair enough i can't uh, i can't disagree um the last name that i wanted to throw out on my end is obviously our hotshot rookie wide receiver elijah moore
0: all right um elijah moore Early in the year, I, I I was really pissed at the guy. He just he just didn't seem like he was ready. I mean, like a lot of the Jets, but but he took probably the biggest and most obvious leap out of out of any of the guys on the team, and he became very reliable later in the year. Uh, I still don't know whether he is going to be super dynamic like Tyreek Hill, or if he's going to be just you know like a you know a Steve Smith type, more of an outside guy who's fast is going to do whatever. I don't know which direction Elijah Moore goes. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Elijah Moore has only started to tap his potential, and if the Jets get somebody of what Corey Day was supposed to be in there, then you could really see some stuff, especially when Wilson gets more comfortable. So. Starting off the year with a, with a solid D minus or an F and ending up the year b- before he got hurt with a somewhat of a, of a B plus to an A, I think you average that out and, and give him the benefit of the doubt and say that maybe it's, um, you know, maybe he's, he's a B, do I want to go plus? Uh, I'm going to say B. I'm not going to go B+, plus because you, know, you do have to factor in the fact that he missed a, a third or more of the season being hurt, maybe more than that, and uh, and got off to a little bit of a slow start. So I'm going to give him a solid B with, with a ton of room for improvement, and I and expect that improvement too.
1: Wow. So you and me are going to finish this podcast off with complete and utter agreement. <laughs> I, I was uh, I was exactly... I was shaken between those two same grades, B and B+. plus. Uh, B+, plus would have been overstating it. I settled on a very strong B, and I say that comfortably. Uh, you have to be objective and fair. He did get off to a very poor start along with the, the entire offense. He did miss significant time because of injury. But boy, oh boy, when he was healthy and he was starting to get in the groove in the second part of the season, that kid that is the kid that i'm going to be watching next season and beyond hopefully let him stay healthy he seems to be the perfect fit for today's modern nfl he found his way and when they when the offense finally found ways to get the ball in his hands in space you saw that you don't have to get him the ball 40 yards downfield you can get him the ball and let him create he can do that he has the speed he seems to have the vision and the understanding um so a lot of excitement about more on my end give me more of more on offense haha and uh <laughs> I j- just uh the progression was it coincided with the progression of the struggling jets offense there was rookies uh you had a quarterback who was struggling you had an offensive coordinator that was trying to find his way so finding the best positions and the and their finding a certain amount of touches for more likely wasn't on the top of the list until you and the in a few touches or the few looks he got he struggled he made some rookie mistakes some of them were mental mistakes but the progress when it seemed to have clicked <clears throat> and when he started getting the ball in space I'll tell you who he reminded me of again not to a T, but a certain version of Deshaun Jackson the guy who can make explosive plays he doesn't have to have 12 catches to get 120 yards. He can literally have three catches and have 110 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, But he can also, Deshaun Jackson was more of a get it downfield burner type. He can do that, but he can also catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage and uh, create and make something happen. So a lot of excitement. Some might argue we're overstating it just because uh, the excitement is getting the best of us. But in a flash, as he showed, he really showed something that was borderline special i don't know if it's tyreek hill and the number one receiver in the nfl special but it's definitely somebody who has longevity to be in this league and make plays and uh, be a very very solid number two receiver on on a good team then yes i'll sign up for that
0: Yes, yeah, so I, I keep using Tyreek Hill because he's kind of the standard for the smaller, faster guys that that are that are kind of like you know as as you keep saying you know like 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 today's NFL and whatever. Uh, I don't want Deshaun Jackson. I mean, he had those nice flashes, but if you're going to tell me Elijah Moore is going to be Deshaun Jackson. I only want the speed and the big play. I, I want him to be more reliable than that. I want him to be a, a more of an every every down player. I, I, see, I saw there's Sean Jackson. Almost he's slightly better than a one trick pony, you know. I, I, I and and there's you know I, I can't expect him to, to also suddenly be a, a Tyree Kill either. But I'm going to use Tyree Kill as kind of the standard because of who he is. Now, I, I, as you was talking about him, I went and looked up their size. I thought Tyree Kill was smaller, but they're about the same size. They're both five ten. Tyreek Hill is one eighty five. Elijah Moore is one seventy nine. And uh, speed, right? Which uh, Tyreek Hill? I think we both agree. Tyreek Hill, once he gets the ball and turns a corner, is the fastest guy I've ever seen. Oh, I've never it's, seen anything like it. It's <laughs> ridiculous. It's his his forty time is four point two nine, which is outrageous. Elijah Moore is four point three six. Now, seven tenths of a second makes a difference in the NFL. But if you put those two guys on a field and let them race and they go, and they go that forty yards, how much of a difference is? 0.29 to 0.36, a half step, you know what I mean? So if you can, if now, again, I am not saying that I want, expect, or think that Elijah Moore will be Tyreek Hill, but he could be the Jets version. He's got the speed, he's got the s- same size, and he showed the, the playability. So if he can be a lot better than Deshaun Jackson and, you know, not quite as good as Tyree Kill, but at least be a reasonable facsimile of him, I'd be happy with that. And I think he will show that he can be very dynamic like that when the Jets get a guy or guys who can take the pressure off him. Because look what happens with Tyreek. Even Tyreek Hill, as fast and great as he is, he gets shut down when when, when they shut the Chiefs down, right? He's got freaking who they got they got uh, you know Travis Kelsey over there who's a freaking beast. He's 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 uncoverable because of his size and speed. You know, you a linebacker on him, no freaking way, you know? Uh you know, then you you have a couple of other pretty good receivers there as well, even though they're not as dynamic as Tyreek Hill. So I think if you get a good tight end in there and you get a good receiver there, I think that the Jets, I hope, knock on wood, that Elijah Moore can turn into somewhat what Tyreek Hill is for the Chiefs with the Jets. And that's that's what I would look for him. Deshaun Jackson's nice and everything. If you're going to tell me that he would be a much more consistent Deshaun Jackson, I will take that because I don't like aiming for the best. I like just kind of comparing, but uh, I agree. I think Elijah Moore has got all that potential.
1: But here's my point on Deshaun Jackson and why he came to my mind. Also, remember what I said. I said Elijah Moore showed that he can be a very, very top of the food chain second wide receiver if you if you want to be on a winning team. I'm not interested in him being a number one receiver putting up fantastic stats on a team that wins five to six games. Deshaun Jackson Uh, at least to my recollection, before he went to Tampa Bay and uh, flamed out there, I'm talking about his prime years when he was the guy that could make those two catches for, and uh, you're looking at the stats and it's two catches, one touchdown, 125 yards. Um, The guy could make plays, but he always fancied himself as a number one receiver. He never had another guy. If you give me the guy, which I, I don't believe Elijah Moore is the guy, to build the offense around to be the main weapon. But if he's your number two guy and your number two is Deshaun Jackson prime years, I'll sign up for that in a heartbeat. That's what I meant when I compared him to Deshaun Jackson. I don't fancy him as being a number one who on paper stats wise look good. Looks good. I just don't think he has the size and won't be able to be to handle The physical demands that go with being a number one receiver and how many touches that creates and the cornerback you face week to week. But if you give me him as your number two and whether it's Corey Davis or a guy we draft, sign, somebody else who's coming in this year or the next as a true, true number one, then if you're talking about Prime Vincent Jackson as my number two receiver, I'll sign up for that all day. That's where kind of my
0: comparison and logic came from. So here, final thought. And um, this is a debate that I've seen on one of the, uh, not Facebook, but the the actual forum, is what is a number one receiver these days? I mean, it was easy to see what a number one receiver was 10 years ago. It was always, it was your biggest receiver who was getting the most yards, the most catches. But the NFL today, unless you're talking about fantasy, which of course you have number one receivers from a fantasy perspective, but what is what is a number one receiver on most teams these days? Because it, there's no real definition, like Tyree Kill is certainly the number Number one receiver on the Chiefs, but T- Tyreek Hill also got a tight end who's you know he's probably right up there with Gronkowski, and that, you know, Gronkowski was the best I ever saw, and you know at least at least in, in this era, you know you can go back to the Kellen Winslows and, the, and you know and guys like that, but but Travis Kelsey takes a lot of that pressure off. He's also got a fantastic quarterback. Is Tyreek Hill a number one receiver just because he puts up those stats? Is you know I mean, I mean, I mean what is considered a number one receiver these days?
1: Uh, I guess uh, you're talking about a guy who, I mean, who comes to mind as the ultimate number one receiver? Cooper Cup, of course, stands out. Well, yeah, this year, without a doubt, yep. Uh, Stefan be- Diggs, I guess. Yeah, uh, Diggs,
0: yeah, I would say so. Uh,
1: maybe to a degree you can even say uh, Thielen, and obviously Tyreek Hill to me is uh, a number one. But So what defines a number one receiver? I guess when it's a clear goal Go-to receiver in a predominantly passing
0: offense, um, or is it is it a team's number one receiver? Right. I mean, the, it could be just the number one receiver on a team, which may not mean he's a number one. You know, and I'm doing. I funny think what I, I meant one.
1: by definition is a number one that's recognized, not just on the team. Because yeah, if you're if you're on a team that's uh, not winning, like, do you really give a damn who is Jacksonville Jaguars number one receiver? <laughs> it, it's nobody that really stood out as NFL, a viable and i think you understood the between the line meaning i meant
0: no i did i did number one
1: receiver to me is somebody who would universally be recognized as a primary stat producing main target on
0: a winning team okay let me take it one step further before we wrap it up okay I'm going to go back to Tyree Kill again. I know I've rode him hard today. (laughs) Not in a gay way. uh, Yeah, Tyree Kill, as dynamic and amazing as he is, if you put Tyree Kill on a team where he doesn't have a Kelsey across from me, he doesn't have a a Mahomes throwing to him, do you think Tyree Kill is as good as he is now? And I'm not saying, of course, he's not going to be as good, but do you think he's still that number one guy who gets all the production? Or is he more of a Deshaun Jackson because he doesn't have... You know, a team loaded with talent. And you could probably say that for just about anybody, but I think there are guys who would transcend that.
1: I think Tyreek Hill is one of the few, few players in the NFL who actually loses stats because of the offense that he's in and the amount of talent that's surrounding him. So while the team that he might go to might suffer and lose more games, because I don't believe <coughs> that if all you have is a top, top wide receiver and not much else in the NFL. I don't think you that's the position that's going to carry you to the playoff single-handedly. But if you're talking about stat-wise, I think his stats would be exponentially better and he would likely be an MVP candidate. That's how much I value his talent and his ability to create something out of nothing when he catches the ball in space and uh, his ability to use his speed to see the the, a lane that seems non-existent and then explode through it. So my stance is uh, he would be on a team that would win less. He would get a lot more personal stats and recognition, but uh, the trade-off is uh, do you want to win games or do you want to be constantly just uh, the central focus on the team that doesn't quite get to where you want to be?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a very interesting take. I, I guess I see it a little different. I see it that Tyree Hill probably won't have all that room to run. And wouldn't get the ball as much if he was the main guy because he would be double teamed. You're not going to let a guy like that beat you. So, I mean, listen, we'll never know who's right unless, you know, unless the Chiefs fall apart a little bit. But, um i i i am as much as i love tyree kill and i know i've used him as the as the standard for elijah moore i am not 100 percent sure that tyree kill with his size if he was getting the ball a lot more and getting hit a lot more would, would make it through whereas right now it's perfect he's got a lot of open space he'll you know nine times out of ten he's four catches for 85 yards and a touchdown he'll have his monster gains but rarely does he get 10 and 12 receptions there are times right but, right. but rarely he's not like you know, nobody's like Cooper Cup was this year, but there are guys who are going to consistently get eight and nine catches. And even if they're not breaking them for 150 yards, it's eight or nine catches for 90 yards every game. Yep. I don't see Tyree Kill as that guy, even in the offense he's in. And I think if he went elsewhere, he, I, I don't know that he would he would have uh, be as dynamic as he is as the number one guy on a team that didn't have a number two. You know, I, I really think it's underrated how much pressure um and how much the middle opens up with Travis Kelsey there where the linebacker automatically you got a linebacker spot opened up if Tyreek Hill runs into the flat where the linebacker was supposed to be he's he's, he's by himself you know so i don't know that Tyreek Hill puts up the numbers he does on a team where he's, he's he's the guy and there's not that much talent around him in you know so to speak so again it's just it's just an opinion i i think i think you know it we'll probably never know
1: you might never know i know that i'm right and i don't know that you have no clue what you're talking about
0: fair <laughs> enough that that is usually the case but all right my man you go feel better it's uh you got freaking you got the um you know the the uh the kids passing it around the house so. yeah there you go i was gonna say you, you sound like you spent the weekend in siberia but you know <laughs> enjoy uh and feel better and uh we will catch up you know, i guess a couple of weeks we'll, we'll get some time for things to, to pile up and then we'll jump on again
1: Looking forward to it as always. Good casting up Enjoy. Be good.